he still deserves it. My praise is not conditional on if he does anything. He deserves it. He deserves it. He deserves it. agree with me come on and put those hands together and give him a deserving praise to him be glory I was uh, going to call for the Lord's tithe and offering here but I'm, I'm not going to do that I'm going to wait and put that at the end of this worship experience because our giving even ought to be acts of worship and I, I pray that the word that is released on today I pray that whatever God says and whatever God does on today that it would it'll change how it is that we even give and how it is that we respond I'm continuing this morning on subject that we started last Sunday as the world turns, we are grateful for uh, the experience that we've had thus far, and to God be the glory, and it's always an honor for him to visit and for him to show up. There, there really is no theme scripture for my sermon on this morning. Um, uh, the theme scripture for the teaching series would be James chapter 3, probably verses 3 through 6. We hung out there last Sunday for really the majority of our time in preaching. But for those and for the sake of those who were not present, it gives a really big, colorful picture of the power of the tongue. James, in these four verses, he begins to lift pictures that are unforgettable. He, he says that the tongue has the kind of power that a bit has in a horse's mouth. A little small piece of metal, a little small piece of steel with just a gentle tug will turn this beautiful animal. Six, seven, eight hundred pounds, however much a horse can weigh, but just that little piece of metal will direct the horse. He says, okay, some of you all won't, won't get that illustration. And so James goes further and he says that the tongue is like a rudder on a ship. Not an oar, but he says, he equates it to a rudder. That little fin that's in the back of a ship. That, that fin is more important than the engine. How many know that to go in the wrong direction fast is worse than going in the wrong direction slowly? And if a rudder is pointed in the wrong direction, that big ship and everything that it's carrying will end up in the wrong place. And so he says, likewise, that is our tongue. That our tongue is responsible for, watch this, charting the direction that we should be going. I know that this isn't, this isn't the average Christian mainstream teaching, but this is the kind of teaching that will change how your 2019 ends up. 
This is the kind of teaching that will put the rest of your life on the right course. Third illustration is that he gives that the, the tongue is like a small fire that is misplaced in the forest that will burn an entire forest down. I appreciate the sermon of one of my preaching heroes, Dr. Tony Evans. He has a sermon called The Dynamite Between Your Dentures. <laughs> he, he's saying that that little small piece of pink flesh that in the average man is two and a half to three and a half ounces can do major damage or it can be a major blessing. The teaching of, of, of James. A couple of takeaways that we had on last week that what you say with your mouth can do amazing things. What I say with my mouth can do amazing things. I was talking to a preacher friend this week and began to ask, this person is analytical, and they said, well, how do you know when a preaching series is effective? How do you know when it's time to stop a teaching or when it's time to start? Is it predicated on the people, whether or not the people get it, whether the people do not get it? I said, well, for us, and that was a long answer, but just for the purpose, for the purpose of this moment here, I said, one of the factors, one of the ways in which I judge if preaching is effective at the church is when the language or concept begins to show up in the speech of the people. When people begin to say some of the same stuff that I've preached, not quoting me, I'm, I'm not being narcissistic, but I'm saying that there's a language that we have. You know, folk that go to the church because this is the year that we call it all in. It's, it's getting into, into your system. Some of y'all remember what 2018's uh, uh, subject was. It was, this is the year to build. You, you know, that, that, kind of, that kind of language, it, it gets in our vocabulary. I'm so grateful that I've already started to hear the language permeate throughout the culture that is here at the church. The people are really already beginning to understand what you say with your mouth can do Amazing things. That was one takeaway from last week and the second one, and this sets us up beautifully for where we're going for the rest of the day, is that this series is about your decisions. This series is about your decisions. It's about your decisions to use your language in a way to produce what God has already shown you, or your decision to be flippant about your words 
and release the wrong words which will deter you from what God is showing you that you can have. Words create your world. 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 We were riding in this morning and Pastor Alicia put on some song and it wasn't loud enough and I started singing quads from the back seat. He, he says, Mom, will you turn it up? She says, what, you don't want to hear Dad sing it? He said, no, I don't. She turned it up. Words create your, your world. Words create some of y'all don't want to hear what I'm saying, but you're going to get it in a minute. I want when you leave here tonight, I want to be stuck in your memory that you keep hearing words create your world. I, I want that one little phrase to literally change your weak words create your world. Words create your world. There, there, there are, it could be a longer list, but I have 10 ways in which our words create our world. Here's the first one. Here's the first one. That our words determine life or death. That what comes out of my mouth, it determines life or death. I'm not going to spend too much time. Uh, this was part, this is how we ended on last week. Uh, out of James 3.10, out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and curse. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and and Kurtz, uh, some of y'all were saying, hallelujah, you deserve it. Forgive me, Lord. Lord, you're grateful. But then later on tonight, it's going to be a different kind of language. It, it, it's going to sound like, like something. It's going to sound like something you wouldn't have said in worship. James is saying that out of the same mouth is blessing and curse. I have to choose. Am I going to speak life or death? My brethren, these things ought not be so. If you want life, you can't speak death. If you want life, you cannot speak death. I don't care what it looks like now. If death is released, you're likely to get a harvest of death. Because words create your world. Words create your world. Words create your world. Words create your world. Here's the next thing that words do. Words open things up. Can you say that with me? Words open things up. Uh, words, they, they open things up. Why, why, where do you get this from? Mark chapter 7, verse number 33 through verses 35. It says, and he took him aside from the multitude and put his fingers in his ears and he spat and touched his tongue. Then looking up to heaven, he sighed and, and, and said. Do we have that scripture? Can we put that one up? I, I want to make, make sure I know what I got to work with. And if I need to slow down, I will. Do, are we going to have the scriptures to come up? All right, good. Let's let put up Mark chapter 7 again, please. Or put up Mark chapter 7, verse number 33. I want you to see this. Uh, Mark chapter 7, 
33. You know, we really don't have to wait for it to come on the screen if we use our phone for more than texting. Uh, use your phone. Uh, use your phone. Mark chapter 7, verse 33. And he took him aside from the multitude, and he put his fingers in his ears, and he spat and touched his tongue. Some of y'all wouldn't have got your breakthrough. You, 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 you would have come deaf and dumb, and you would have left deaf and dumb. Jesus, when you saw him go, <coughs> you all right with him putting his finger in your ear, but when he, <coughs> when he was pulling up one, you're like, you know what? I, I think I can live with this. I, I'm just going to be all right. Everything, everything just be fine. Some of y'all wouldn't have gotten your miracle. Watch now. It's not him putting his fingers in his ear that gets his ears open. It says that he put his fingers in his ears, then he <coughs> spat on the ground. It wasn't the spitting that got this man his miracle. It wasn't that that opened things up. Then it says, and he touched his tongue. This is Jesus, right? It, it wasn't him touching his tongue that opened things up. Verse 34 says, then looking up to heaven, he sighed and, okay, wait a minute, hold on, something wrong. You, 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 even if you don't have your phones, it's now on the screen. <laughs> Said is a pre-kindergarten word. We're going to try this again. Verse 34, after he had put his finger in their ear, in his ear, spat on the ground, touched his tongue, looked toward heaven, <sighs> sighed. The next thing the Bible says he did, he said something. And after he said it, he said, open up. Maybe y'all catch it when I get about number 0.7. I got 10, so y'all still sleep. Now, it's all right, but when we get to about point number 7, y'all need to come on and get on the train. Jesus says, it's not what I'm doing. It's not me touching your ears. It's not me spitting on the ground. It's not me touching your tongue. It's not me looking up towards heaven. It's not my... My sigh, but it's what I say. Could it be that many of us leave church the same way we came because we don't talk at the right time? I came with a problem. And when it's time to say something, 
Lord, I command that there be healing in my body. I command that every need is met. I command that the way is made. Instead of saying that, we just say, Lord, I've got this problem. I've got this problem. I've got this problem. Fix it, Jesus. But no, no. The Bible is showing us that when we talk, stuff opens up. I'm waiting for the fire to pass and the sweep across the room because this part over here, they, well, we gotta talk to them. Why don't you just point your hands this way and let's declare, open up. <laughs> Words create your world. Words create your world. Words create your world. Words create your world. Words create your worlds. Words. Determine life or death. Words open things up. Words, third one, stops storms. Words stop storms. Matthew chapter number eight. You all probably already know where I'm going. For your neighbor who didn't go to vacation Bible school, we're going to preach this one for them. Matthew chapter 8, verse number 23. Now when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. And suddenly, a great tempest arose on the sea so that the boat was covered with the waves. But he was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and awoke him saying Lord save us we're perishing I just saw something else but he said to them why are you fearful oh you little faith then he arose a rebuke is the collection of words that are designed to express what you've done is wrong. He got up, rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. Okay, all right. Let me show you what I saw. All right, verse 23. Now, when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him, and suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea, so that the boat was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. Okay, so at the end of verse 24, he sleeps. At the end of verse 26, he's awake. In verse 24, there's a storm going on, and he's asleep. A lot of folk preach that you can have peace in the middle of a storm. I get it. Jesus sleep. Why not sleep? But that's not what I want to talk about. He's sleep in the middle of the storm at the end of verse 24. But at the end of verse 26, he's up saying something. Question. What put him in motion? Bible taught me, I learned when I was in seminary, ask questions of the text. Because if you ask the right question, you'll get the right answer. Now, since words create our world, I'm wondering 
What got him up? Being Jesus. When he was sweet and still Jesus. Bible says, in the verse 24, but he was asleep. Verse 25. Then his disciples came to him and woke him up. Anybody got your Bible open? What, what, what's the next word there? Uh, saying. At the end of 24, he's sedentary. He's sleep. At the end of 26, he's in motion. In 24, he ain't doing nothing. He's not moving on their behalf. But at the end of verse 26, he's doing a miracle. He's rebuking the waves and the wind. What gets him from being passive to being active? Bible says in verse 25, then his disciples came to him and woke him up saying, I'm going to get happy about my doggone self. If you want to see Jesus get in motion, you got to, my grandmama would say, call him up and tell him what you want. Jesus is on the main line. Tell him. The line ain't never busy. He invented call waiting. All you got to do is call him up and tell him what you want. A lot of us continue to stay in our storms because we ain't saying nothing to the Savior. Oh my God. That's fresh rhema right there. So you can either stay in your storm or you can be saved. But the difference in staying in a storm and being saved is saying something to a savior that can save. Why? Because your words. Your words create your world. I want to tell you something. You can't create a world if Jesus ain't already in your boat. I saw, saw something else. Last night, we talked in the leaders. And, and while our pastor, Lydia, Alicia, was leading the discussion, I, kinda, I heard the Holy Spirit say, you can't lead people and you're not moving. You can't lead people and you're not moving. Verse 20, verse 33 says, and he took, no, excuse me, verse 23 says, and he got in the boat. His disciples followed him. See, a lot of us just getting in the boat and just moving on to the next verse. And Jesus left on the shore. But when he gets in my boat, I got a life jacket riding with me when the storm gets bigger than what I can even ever have to handle. 
And a lot of us, the only way your storm is going to stop is if you go back to the shore and invite the Savior to step on board. Why don't you ask your neighbor, is Jesus in your boat? Is Jesus in your boat? way we get him in motion is that we got to say something to him. Wake up, Savior. Get up. I didn't come to preach this, but I think I need to tell you that in the portion of Scripture prior to where we are, there's the command, the prophetic statement, and we go into the other side. So even on the way to the other side, as long as I got Jesus on board, first it tells me I got somebody I can talk to that can handle my problems. But that's not it. When they wake him up, he stands, he doesn't rebuke the wind. First, they wake him up, it ends up with him rebuking the winds. They wake him up, and then he starts talking to them. He starts saying, you could handle this on your own. <laughs> um, he, 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 he says, he says y'all got itty-bitty faith. I'm already on the ship. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So if he was there in the beginning, before the beginning ever began to be, and was responsible for calling those things which are not as though they were, and he was there on the council of creating the world, he would create it and knew the recipe for storms. So what he's saying is, y'all don't even recognize who's riding with you. And if you were in the wrong place, I wouldn't be on the ship. But since you are in my will, I'm gonna let this storm happen, but you gotta open your mouth Say something. He says, since y'all ain't got, since y'all ain't learned the lesson, let me show you how to do this. Then the Bible says he, after they said something to him, he said something to the storm. He said, peace. Be still. It's not recorded that the disciples were ever in another storm because likely, this me now, this third, likely they learned how to handle stormy situations by saying something. Could it be that you keep rewriting what you should have learned because you ain't saying what you saw the Savior say 
in the last storm. I can't mess with y'all. Y'all, y'all. Look, words create your world. Words create your world. Words, say it with me. Words create your world. Make it personal. Words create my world. Say it. Come on. Words create my world. Words create my world. First, first thing, words determine life or death. Second thing, words open things up. Third, third thing, words stops storms. Here's the fourth one. I got to get through this one. Words establish a thing. Words establish a thing. We're going to be grammatically correct. This ain't their fault. This is my fault. I wasn't the best at grammar. It probably should say, and it's bothering my wife. I already know it. Honey, you didn't proofread it, did you? If it was going to be correct, it would say words establish a thing or it establishes things. I, I, I got the grammar, but, but don't miss the point. Um, words establish a thing. 2 Corinthians, put up, put, put up screen, uh, on the screen, or if you got your Bibles, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse number 1. Paul, Paul writes, he says, this will be the third time I'm coming to you. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. Quartz summer brain hit in spring. Every Sunday he knows he has to go through the house, pull all the trash. And then he has to take the recycling to the curb. And he has to take the trash to the curb because trash men come early on Monday morning. He's been doing this for I don't know how long. Sometime back in the spring, I don't remember exactly when, but school hadn't let out yet. And Quad forgot for the 18th, 19th, 35th, 2333rd time <laughs> that he's supposed to every Sunday go through the house, pull the trash, take the recycling to the curb along with the trash. Remember my wife said, this boy, I said, what'd he do? He didn't take the trash out. I went to him. I said, I'm going to tell you this one more time now. <laughs> this will be, Paul says, the third time. Do y'all hear the emphatic correction that Paul is making to the church of Corinth? He keeps saying, I'm telling y'all what you need to do. But y'all ain't going to do it. I'm telling y'all, second time, I'm, I'm, this is what y'all need to do. I'm telling you what you need to do. The church, they didn't do it. They got that quad spirit on them. They got the quad spirit on them. So Paul comes, he said, this is my third time telling you that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word should be established. I just saw something. What's a witness's job? 
A witness's job is just to say what they know. You get called to court and you call to testify. I, Your Honor, I want to call to the witness stand. Then they swear them in. I'm starting to wonder, does that do any good? They swear, you promise to tell the whole truth, nothing but the truth, so help you. I, I do. And so a witness gets put up strategically by counsel to just say what they know. If they were at the, if they were at the place of the crime of the scene, What'd you see? What were they wearing? How many gunshots did you hear? What happened next? They don't have to have, you know, a street credibility. They don't have to have nothing else but just having seen something. Leave lead, lead the scripture there. Leave lead the scripture there. Leave the scripture there. That's all the judge needs to hear. That's why the, the attorney put them up because they won't. They won't. They want the jury to have it established by the witness what happened. Now, if you got attorney Gary Andrews, he's going to have more than one witness. He, he, he's going to have two, three, four, five. Whatever it's going to take to win, but it's going to be more than one if possible. So, so, so he's he going to put one up on the stand. What happened? Thank you, Your Honor. I made a record show that the witness just said that God heals. I call the witness stand. Such and such says they take the stand. They give their, their testimony. They, they testify. Thank you, Your Honor. I just let the record show that this is my second witness that says God heals. Remember, you got Gary Andrews as your attorney. He calls a third one up to the stand. He says, What'd you say? Thank you, Your Honor. This is my third witness. Let the record show that God heals. Paul is saying, I ain't going to tell y'all this no more. This is my third time coming to y'all. Y'all have got me out here riding on this boat, and I ain't got no good room out here that can make me roll over here. I got another church that need me. I ain't going to come back over here to Corinth and tell y'all no more, but out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. Oh, my God. <laughs> Let a word be established. Okay, all right. So anybody that's sick, all right, I, I'm, I'm dealing with this in my body. I, I got cancer in my body. I, I got a bad where they saw a spot on my lung. So you got to find a witness. I'm preaching. I don't know what y'all doing, but I'm preaching. And when you find a witness, you have been healed. I right, come here, come here, come here. You have been here. I, I need you to come here. And you ever here? Come, 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 come over here. I need y'all to get an agreement with me. I need y'all to get an agreement with me because out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, would y'all just come in your agreement with me? Have you seen God heal? Yes. Have you seen God heal? Yes. Have you? Have you? I'm healed in the name of Jesus. May my healing show up. Somebody, you better find a good witness. Tell somebody, you you better find you some a, a good witness. You better find you a good witness.
Words create your world. Words create your world. Words create your world. Words. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Has anybody ever seen God meet a need? Anybody ever seen God meet, 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 meet a need? Okay, all right, all right, sit down. Sit down, sit down. Who in here has a need? Uh, stand up. If you got a need, would you stand up? All right, now, I need my witnesses to go and find somebody that is in need and y'all gonna say together, it's met, the need is met. Come on, find a witness, the, the need is met. Some of y'all got to go work double duty. Come on, find somebody, the need is met, met. Come on, tell them, it's being established right now. The need is met, the need is met. Somebody get in agreement with her. Get in agreement with her, the need, the need is met. Come on, y'all get out your seat. Don't tell them your meat is met. It's 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 met. I'm a witness. Did y'all hear what I said? I'm a witness that God meets See, y'all just told me how important your need is. Because anybody that's been called to court with a problem, with a crime, they'll do whatever it takes to find a witness. If you got a little need, you go, okay, all right, well, Next week he'll do it. Next, long, long get done before the kids go back to school. Long as it's met by by Christmas. But some of y'all, like, if he don't do it right now, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. When you get to meet, you go and find a witness. I ain't fooling around with y'all. Your words will create. Somebody say, my world is turning. My, 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 world, my world is turning. My, my, my world is turning. Because my words are creating my world. My world. Okay, all right. So words determine life or death. Two, words open things up. Three, words stop storms. Four. Words establish a thing. Five. Oh. Five. Words speak to what isn't present. Yeah. 
words speak to what isn't present. Where's Ashley and Marshall? Ashley and Marshall. Uh, Stand up. There's Marshall. Where's where's your wife? Okay, all right, all right. So Ashley and Marshall, um, she's pregnant. Okay. So baby due in October. All right, so uh, we had the pleasure of uh, doing, the, doing their premarital counseling and had the pleasure of marrying them. So how long y'all been married? Uh, Ashley. We just, okay. <laughs> yeah. Marshall just looked at me and smiled. Four years, September. Would you agree? Yeah, okay. Y'all ought to let the record show that Marshall Shepherd agrees he'll be married four years in September. All right, so, so for, they were married about three years approximately before they got pregnant. I started looking at Ashley. What's going on? She said, what you mean? You got to know it. She talked real fast. She said, what you mean? I said, all right, something's going to come. I don't know what you're talking about, Pastor. I know you, 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 must, you must be seeing someone else in the spirit because it is not me. Marshall and I are having a great time. We're still, it, it, it's, what you talking about? So a little, little while later, a little while later, you know, she still ain't pregnant. I said, I said, I said, Marshall, yes. I said, you, you ready for what, Pastor? Wasn't even talking to uh, Ashley, but here she come across the room. What do you mean? What are you talking about? Y'all better get ready. Going to get some furniture and pick out some names. I was seeing what wasn't present. Y'all can sit down. Thank you. Um, But I also was speaking that it was going to show up. Ashley, stand up one more time. Turn, I'm sorry, dear. I'm sorry. Just, just turn 90 degrees, either direction. 90 degrees. See that? That you see what showed up? But can I tell you? It's not just what you say. Stand up, Marshall. Stand up, Marshall. You got to put some do. Y'all gonna get it. Y'all gonna get it. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Here I am. Let me put some Bible on it. Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. I think Tim want to do some doing. Uh, Genesis chapter 1. Verse 2, the earth was without form and void. What that mean? Wasn't nothing here? Y- y- y'all do know we're at the beginning of the Bible, right? And we're still in verse chapter 1. This is the very, very. Only thing before this is 1 1. Okay, we're at the very beginning. Ain't nothing there. So the earth was formed and without void. It, it wasn't nothing there. And darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the water. Then. 
God said because words create. It was chaotic. It wasn't nothing there. But God could see in the middle of chaos, order. And so he spoke when the environment wasn't conducive for what he was saying. And God said, let there be light. And, and there was light, and God saw the light that was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day, darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. Then God, he said, I ain't finished creating. He said, I see something else. He said, he said I, I see light and I see darkness, but I see something else. So he, 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 he went back and he said something else. He said, let there, let there be firmament in the midst of the water and let it divide the waters from the... He, he looked out in all the water and he said, even though it looks like a whole bunch of water, there's some land in there. And so I got light and day. Now, come on land, come here. And when you come up, I need the rest of y'all to separate. That's going to be the Atlantic, and that's the Pacific, and that's the Indian Ocean, and that's the Red Sea, this North Cross, this Gwinnett, this where. God saw what wasn't there, but he wasn't finished. Uh, you got to keep saying it until what you see, even though it's not there, shows up. I, I, got to, I got to move on. That's more I could say. Um, words create worlds. Here's number six. Here's number six. Words, your words, will close some stuff up, and it will also open some stuff up. Words close, words open. All right, 1 Kings chapter 17, verse number 1. 1 Kings 17, verse number 1. And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Galilee said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, watch his words now, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, except at my word. He said, look, look, you know that heifer you got as a wife, Jezebel? <laughs> Tell her to go take a dry bath. Because I'm shutting up the heavens. It ain't going to rain no more. Y'all been drinking all that, all, that, all that water and wine and this, that. It ain't gonna, it ain't, you, you ain't going to have none of that no more. It's not going to come back until I say something. Y'all know the story. Elijah goes up to the mountain. He got a servant with him. He puts his head between his head. 
between his legs. He comes up, he looks up, he says, he says, tell me what you see. He said, yeah, I don't see nothing. He goes back down and pray again. Come back up. Tell me what you see. I don't see nothing. But he knew that the key to an open heaven was going to be his words. Can I tell you, how many times did Elijah go down and come back up? He, 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 goes, he goes down and he comes back up. But watch this. The first time, it doesn't rain. The second time, it doesn't rain. The third time, it don't rain. You apply for one job, you don't get a call back. You apply for another job, you don't get a call back. You apply for a third job, you don't get it. But it's not going to open. Your mouth creates your world. If I can get you to change how you've been talking, I can get you to change how you how you'll start living. I'm over my time. Can I keep going? I'll try to shorten it down. I got to give you these ten. Um, number seven. Here it is. Words have assignments. Words have assignments. John chapter 11, verse 40. Maybe you know the story of Lazarus. Jesus said to her, Do not, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Lazarus dies. This is his beloved disciple. And so Mary, she sends, she sends word. Jesus, a few cities over. The one you like is dead. He's, he's sick. He's about to die. Jesus said, really? And he keeps on playing spades. <laughs> he hung out for three days. So now Jesus says, all right, come on. Verse, verse 40, Jesus said to her, did I not say to you, if you would believe, you would see the glory of God. Then, then they took away the stone from the place where, they had, where the man was dead. Jesus lifted up his eyes, said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. Verse 42, and I know that you always hear me. What I say, you always hear. He, he, he says, I know that you always hear me. That they may believe, I'm in verse 42, that you sent me. Verse 43, now when he had said these things. Okay, now, 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 what's point seven? Point seven is that words have an assignment. He, he, he says in 43, now when he had said these things, he crafts his words to go on the assignment. He cried with a loud voice. Lazarus, come forth. The old preacher would say that the reason why he said Lazarus 
is because if he had just said, come forth, everything that was dead would have come forth. So Jesus was specific in the assignment that he gave his words. And he put his name on it. He said, the rest of y'all can stand over there. I'm talking to Lazarus. Come forth, boy. Come here. Come here. I you got to start using words. Give him an assignment. Contract. Come here. Promotion. Come here. Watch it, though. Watch it. Watch it. Some of y'all are going to call, ask for a promotion, and you're going to lose the job. Because the promotion isn't where you are. The promotion that you're calling forth is at the next job. You better be specific with your words. Husband, come forth. Gotta have a job. Can't be no baby mama drama. Gotta have fresh breath. You get somebody, you're my man. Hey, baby, come on, give me your kid. Tell your neighbor, your words have an assignment. Your words have an assignment. Number eight, your words, you've got the power to dig stuff up and tear stuff down. Dig stuff up and tear stuff down. I'm in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 9. I'm going to read it real quick. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, behold, I have put words in your mouth. See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms. Oh, God, I saw something. To root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. All right. Or anybody go to tearing some stuff down and digging some stuff up? He, 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 says, he says, okay, I put the words in your mouth, but this is why he could dig down, tear up, build. He, he says, because I've put you in a place. He said, I have established you. Some folks start talking to stuff that they are not in authority to talk to. He said, but when I put you in a place, your words have the ability to tear down, to, to root out, to destroy, to throw down. To be, you got authority in your house. My children will be saved. They will go to school with, with, with shoe, new shoes on. We will eat. They will graduate. She will not end up on a pole. Why? Because they in your house. 
So some of y'all look like, did he really say that? Yes. Jordan will not end up on a pole. That's my child until, until her husband comes and takes her away. I have the authority to speak over her life. You will not end up on a pole. Here's, here's the next one. Your words will shift situations. I got to summarize. Your words will shift situations. Write those scriptures down. Acts chapter 3, verses 6 through 7. John chapter 5, verse 8. Acts 3, 6 through 7. Words shift situations. It's on the screen for you. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. He didn't make no doctor's appointment. He, he, he didn't even pull out the anointing oil. With no tongues. But his words shifted that cripples man situation. He said, I don't have money. But what I do have, get up and walk. What if the man hadn't reached out? What if he had heard the word of faith, but had not responded to the reach? He would still be sitting there. Because it's not just what you say. That shifts situations. Is what you say and do. That shift. Did y'all hear at the top of the service? Pastor Alicia, she grabbed the microphone she, and she started talking so eloquently and so powerfully. She began to talk about the alignment piece and have we given God the wrong hallelujah? And then what she do? She led you into repenting that I've praised the wrong thing. And as she said it, the atmosphere began to shift because words shift situations. Here's the final one. Here's the final one. Words bring things into submission. Philippians chapter 2, verse 9. Philippians chapter 2, verse, verse 9. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should, should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You got power and access to use the name that everything must respond to. Sometimes we just throw the name of Jesus around, such vanity. OMG, there's power in that name to shape my world. And he gives it to me. He gives it to you. He gives it to every son and daughter 
every blood-bought child he gives the access to the power that's in the name of Jesus and why have a world and Jesus ain't in it at the name of Jesus your world has to bow father I thank you for the power that has shown up in this word I thank you father that you you've spoken us that you've met us I thank you for your people I pray father a fire be lit underneath them that they would leave this place and that they would begin to speak and that their worlds would start to form that they would keep an eye on what's coming out of their mouth because there's only two choices life or death we ask Lord that you would open the books over every word that has been spoken over every word that has come out of our mouth Father, we repent for words that we have foolishly used. We repent for words that have cursed our future. We repent that we have not used our mouths to bless what is coming. Father, every word that does not align with your purpose, for the will that you have for our life, in the name of Jesus and by his shed blood, we ask that you would erase those words from the records. That you would remove the power that is in those words. And that you would give us a discipline. Teach us to be disciplined with our words. Every word that's coming out of our mouth is a brick in our world. Thank you that what we're building under the power of the Most High God that it will be representative of what you want for us to have in our lives. We choose to speak blessing. We choose to speak blessing. We choose to use our rudder to direct the ship in the God direction, not just the good direction. Our heads are still bowed and eyes are closed. The most important decision you could ever make in your life. Listen to me. The most important decision you could ever make in your life is not using your words for something, for a career. for some toy for cash the most important thing you can use your words for is eternal life Jesus I'm a sinner that's using your words Jesus I'm a sinner I need a savior come into my heart and save me thank you for what you did on the cross Thank you for dying for my sins. And because of what you said, I can say I'm saved. 
I'm saved. That's one group of people. Maybe you prayed that prayer in your heart. You've never prayed that before. Just an amen. If you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit. And you're not saying supernatural stuff. You haven't, you haven't uttered a, a language. A prayer language. A tongue. It's not found possibly in any lexicon. In any dictionary. There's a hunger in you. There's a desire. I want to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. If you're here on today. Would you please come. Would you please come? Can't teach you how, but we can just join you in faith and we'll use our rudder to lead us in the right direction, to lead you in the right direction. If you do not have a church home, someplace where you can grow in faith, someplace where God is calling you to an assignment, you'll never get to where you're going until you get to where you're supposed to be. I don't want to hear church hurt and I can't trust preachers and, and I don't know what, what that, what's happening and, and if he got a girlfriend I look I might let you down it won't be on purpose and I'll show get it right but just because you got food poisoning do you stop eating get your behind down here need somebody to pray for you now's your time now's your moment I'm talking those four groups of people I want to be saved you, you identify with that prayer Heaven can be yours today. Heaven can be yours. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. 